What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the DOW Freedom Fighters podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to DOW Freedom Fighters podcast. We got uh, Noah here. We've got uh, Randy Birdsong from Headhunters TV. How you doing, Randy? I'm doing good, man. Good. I survived Mexico last week. I'm back in the United States, so it's always a positive. They didn't keep you. They did not keep me. <laughs> Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, it's the new year, so. Yeah. Um, Hadn't seen you since last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that seems the, it's the same joke every year, it seems like, you yeah, know? Yeah. I know. But, I'm uh, getting old, though. I can do those old man jokes. <laughs> it seems like, what, I mean, the last podcast was. Right before um, Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Right before I mean, Christmas. The past, what? Three weeks or so since yeah. we last. Oh, it kind of flew by. Yeah, pretty it did. fast. It so. went by pretty quick. Uh, went by pretty quick. Yeah. So, well, Randy, how you been doing, man? What's been going on? Doing good, man. Just wrapping up the season. Um, kind of getting into hopefully a little downtime here. We've been going pretty hard the last, I guess, three and a half months or so here. Started first of September and been all over the country. So that's awesome. Four and a half months, I guess now. That's great, man. So. How was it? Successful? It was good. It was a good year. Uh, probably, I mean, well, probably definitely one of my best years ever that I I personally had. I mean, it was good overall for the show. Hosey, Hosey uh, he struggled a little more this year than, than normal, and, and we both did at times. But, um, you know, luckily it worked out, and we got plenty of stuff for the show. So it was a good year overall. I shot, uh, shot a couple of my biggest, biggest year that I've ever shot, so – I was pumped about that, man. Heck yeah, man. That's always nice. Um, so you said you guys just got back from Mexico. How was that trip? It was it was awesome, man. It's a it's always an experience in Mexico. That's my second time down there, and I'll say definitely the better of the two. Uh, you know, Mexico is one of those uncharted territories almost for <laughs> for hunters in the in the United States, and it's it's pretty crazy because. You know, you hear about the stories about down there and, and you know, you, you think, well, yeah, you know, it's it, a lot of it's made up or it ain't as bad as what they say. And, boy, I tell you what, after my first trip to Mexico, I learned real quick that you need to do your homework, make sure who you're with and make sure of the deals that's on the table. Because it the first the first go around, like I said, down there, it was it was a little well, it wasn't a little. It was a whole lot sketchy. <laughs> but luckily, this luckily, this second trip proved to be a lot better. And uh, we're already cranking on uh working out the details for for next year down That's there awesome. so yeah it was it was a good time man we had a good group of guys in and and we were filming for both headhunters and the raven project had a lot of deer to kill had a lot of guys in camp like i said a good group of guys had a lot of fun and and we filled the filled the old meat poles up down there that's nice yeah so we'll get back on the raven project here in a minute but so were you guys worried i know you know covid's kind of still around and and was you guys kind of nervous about the the coming back across the border on the man honestly covid had it was the least of my worries and you know in mexico like (laughs) i said covid covid is definitely not on the top of the priority list whenever you're talking about mexico and getting in and out and and what goes on down there i mean like i said i i touched on it a little bit a while ago but our first trip to mexico um i guess that was shoot that's going back maybe three years ago four years ago you know, we went down and, and kind of a similar deal. We went on a deer hunt, big group of people and ended up, you know, pretty much getting held up for about 12 grand and, oh, uh, God. passports getting stolen, knives getting stolen. I mean, it was, 
you know, it, guns drawn. It was, oh, it got, it got Western down there that time. And, and I swore I'd never go back, but <laughs> good buddy of mine, uh, out of Texas actually outfits down there and has outfitted down there for around 20 years. And we, uh, we went with him and got it set up with him and he ensured us that everything would be right. And, and sure enough, I mean, everything was smooth as, as butter down there, man. It was, everything went great just like it was supposed to. And it was really cool too, because on this trip, you know, we actually got to get out away from the ranch, got to get out and kind of see, you know, the small towns around there and see the people of Mexico and, and really just, you know, get kind of grassroots with them. You know, you hear, you hear and see so much stuff on the news and, on the internet and on social media and stuff like that. But when you really get down to it, I mean, at the end of the day, there's bad people in the United States too, just like oh, there is yeah, in Mexico. Sure. And as long as you're with the right people and you're doing the right thing. And, um, like I said, man, those little towns was full of hardworking people. And it's really cool to be able to kind of see that culture versus what we have here. And man, I'm telling you, like, it's a, it's a eye opener for really making you realize how good we have it oh man man because i'm telling you you walk down those streets down there in those little mexico towns and um just drive down through there and and see how they live and see really how little they get by with at the end of the day i mean it's it's incredible to see what they live in and 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 no disrespect because i mean that's their way of life down there but it it really makes you realize like i said how well we really have it you know we when we think it's it's bad here and we think that Hey, you know, I don't have as much as this guy or this person or whatever, man, you need to step back and, and, and it's a reality check. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they just survive pretty much oh, you know, yeah. a lot of times, you know, yeah, I mean, they're, 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 don't, but. they're just living to survive. I mean, that's, that's a hundred percent right. I mean, like I said, you, you, you see what they actually get by with and it's, and it's mind blowing. Yeah. It makes you think that, uh, <laughs> Us here, we're kind of spoiled ass, you know, people, you know. Oh, I mean, no, no doubt, we man. We can ride down the road and get whatever we want. They can't do that. Yeah, there. and that's and that's one of the things, you know, while we're down there, we we donated a lot of our meat to the locals and oh, stuff awesome. like that. And, and just, to, just to be able to see their appreciation for that kind of stuff down there. Yeah. You know, we take it for granted here. It's like, right. you know, everything is right at our fingertips. And, man, down there, I mean, they're like I said, they're, they're scratching, clawing, and, and, and biting every day just to – get enough to to survive on yeah i bet they really like seeing some americans around there. oh heck yeah yeah and that's what i say i mean you see all the news and and everything like that but when you really get down there and you see their appreciation for us too because i mean shoot that's a that's a a heap of of wealth coming in for them as far as what the american hunter brings to the table down there yeah you know i mean a lot of those guys they they depend on that yeah yeah, so they're probably happy that that's actually going on. Dang right. Them, so. And that's why I say like you, you hear all the bad stuff, but man, honestly, like it's with anything. I mean, you, you go and look for trouble. You're probably going to find it, <laughs> but, but that's anywhere. Right. You know, I mean, that's Absolutely. the same way here. I mean, you get in the big cities in the United States, it's no different there. I no, mean, yeah, you can find it if you, you if it. you want to, if you want to find it, you'll find it. That's and, right. and down there, I mean, is what we found, you know, being down there this year and spending a lot of time, I was with two different groups of hunters down there and, and got to spend, you know, 10, 12 days down there yeah. and, and really got to, like I said, dive into that culture. And man, what you find out is, is really like, if you, if you do what you're supposed to be doing and, you know, just be appreciative of the people down there and, and everything else. I mean, shoot, it was, it was a breeze. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they actually take care of you. You know, that's what I've, I remember whenever I used to go to Mexico, they, they were always, you know, you know, oh, here, here's where you need to go. This is where you're looking yep. for. Yeah, hundred percent. I heard so. a crazy story while I was down there, just talking about that, about as far as them taking care of the American people. But there's, you know, kind of the 
kind of the trend down there is they say that if, if you come across a house that they sweep the porch on, then that's that's the people that will take you in and help you. Wow. I never knew that. I thought that was I thought I thought that was super interesting. But if right. you really think about it, I mean, that's kind of, you know, th- those people are, you know, they've got responsibility. They right. You know, and that's the kind of people that yeah, are good welcoming. people that are welcoming. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. but I thought that's that was awesome. really neat when they when they said that. Well, that's pretty cool. You know, that hunting gets to spread out. You know, I mean, I know people go to Africa and things like that, but, you know, just uh, in, in Canada, you know, but Mexico, it's not been. I don't know what, maybe twenty years. You started hearing about people going down to Mexico and yeah, tw- yeah, twenty years ago, and then like ten years ago, you know, they had the huge cartel wars right. down there, and then that kind of shut things down for a while for for a lot of people going across and hunting and stuff like that. You know, a lot of people pulled out of Mexico, and now they're they're just starting to they're just starting to go back, and those towns have rebuilt down there. And I mean, it's still you know the the misconception is is people think down there that oh cartel cartel the cartel's right. out to kill us the cartel's out to kill the white man you know right, right when the reality is and and what you know i found out by being down there and being in the middle of it really it's the cartel fighting the cartel right they're not really looking for you for you or or americans or anything else you know they're fighting amongst their self themselves and as long as you kind of steer clear of their business or or look the other way you know they they ain't gonna mess with you. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting too. Yeah, that that's a that's a a good you know concept that people don't realize because I know, you know, it, it, that's what people think when they think about Mexico. So that's really cool, man, that you got to go out there and and uh, you know it's a it's a cool experience when you get to go other places to hunt. Like yeah, that. and that's that's exact like experience. Like you say, that's a cool experience. That's exactly what it is when you go to Mexico. It's like. It's the full experience because it's at the end of the day, you're hunting whitetail deer just like you're hunting or can hunt in Missouri. Right. right. But it's everything else that goes into that hunt and the atmosphere and the experience that really makes it different, you know, between the terrain, how much different it is. You know, as far as you look out across there, it looks so much different. You can't find a tree in seeing distance. I mean, the place that we hunted, you could see for miles and there wasn't a tree over eight foot tall. So just brush. Just absolute like brush, cactus. And we say it all the time down there, you know, any anything that can bite you, stick you, or poke you, you're going to find it down there in Mexico. Because, right. I mean, you you go tracking a deer out through that stuff, man, it'll eat you alive. Ooh, yeah. Snake but, boots and Oh, yeah, snake boots and, yeah, snake boots and chaps and everything else, whatever it takes. Well, that's awesome, man. So I'm going to go back to what you said earlier. You've started a new... Um, show it's a it's a I guess a web based type yeah show. Di- a digital a digital show yeah. yeah right now it's it's all digital and you know we named it the Raven Project because you know it, it kind of started off of an idea and a and a dream of hopefully being able to one day own our own piece of ground you right. know I mean mm-hmm. growing up and stuff and throughout my life man that honestly you know a lot of people's got a lot of different wishes and and dreams and different stuff like that stuff they want throughout whether it's a sports car or you know a big right. a big lake boat or what you know whatever it might be but for me man it was always property yeah. i you know i've always been i've always been huge into hunting and land management and i've i've done a lot of that on leases and other people's property and different projects like that but i never had that ability to be able to do it on my own place and, uh, and man, last year, well, I guess it would have been April of 20, I guess, that we bought the place that we call the Raven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So me and my dad and my brother and one of my best buddies, we all went together and, and made it happen. 
and we got a piece of ground and I'd had I'd had the idea of wanting to do a digital project for a while, but I really I was kind of hesitant because I didn't want it just to be another regular hunting show. Right. You know, we had headhunters, and that was kind of that's called kind of always been our baby. But you know, in these day and time, you know, these it's it the digital stuff is really growing. So yeah. we felt the need to be able to have something like that, but we wanted to make sure before we come out with it that we had a concept that was unique enough to really be able to to kind of explode, you right. know, or have the ability to. And whenever we bought the Raven, I really got to thinking, I was like, man, it's right here at our fingertips. I mean, we got the Raven when we bought it was a, you know, it's completely raw piece of ground. And my my goal was to make it, you know, what is hopefully going to be the best whitetail property in our part of the country. Right. right. But I knew it was going to take a heck of a whole lot yeah. of work and, yeah. and effort and, and just – overall just grit to get it done man and whenever i got to thinking about a digital project i'm like here it is yeah you know because we're going to be able to show people from day one the progression of this place and and not only the progression of of just from a bird's eye view but being able to really dig in there and show people and explain to people not only what we're doing but why we're doing it and and how we're doing it right because there's a lot of things that gets overlooked that you know, a lot of people, they think they've got to have two, 3,000 acres to grow big deer on. And, man, they could be tweaking and, and altering their smaller pieces of ground by using some of these same techniques right. and be able to really turn them full scale into something pretty special. Yeah. So we wanted to, you know, we wanted to be able to relate to the small landowner as well as the large landowner and anybody in between. And if you're even not a landowner, maybe just somebody that has interest in growing deer and, right. and developing property. You know, I think there's something in there for everybody. And it's, and it's not only just educational, it's, it's a reality based show that has a whole lot of humor in it too. Right. So it keeps it, it keeps it interesting. You know, I think it's really neat that you guys, um, you know, so, so, so many people think I'm going to plant a food plot. They don't realize a lot of times, you know, and, and I know that because out there at our farm, oh, we, yeah. we grow, you know, you think, well, I'm just going to fertilize it. I'm just going to, yeah. just going to throw some seed out. We're going to cover it up, and it's going to grow. You know, yeah. they don't realize that you. Get, there's a lot more to that, and especially know? in this part of the country. You yes. know, that's the thing. Yeah. Is like we're taking, and we talk about that a lot in the in the project. But we're taking some of the some of the worst quality dirt in the country right, right. here. I mean, we're talking about growing stuff on on hill. You know, on the top of hills with as rocky as can be and you know i've spent the last two years out there chunking rocks and chunks by hand just to get those plots able to be able to run a disc across them right you know so and and the qual you know the the nutritional quality of the soil is terrible here too yes so there's a lot of things and and we go into all that i mean we we dive into that and and really explain how to turn that around and and because the fact of the matter is everybody doesn't have great black dirt like they have in parts of Illinois or parts Kansas, of Iowa or yeah, Kansas or, right. you know, some of the better places that there is for, for growing crops. I mean, we're, we're taking old rocky timber hill ground and turning it into a whitetail yeah. heaven, you yeah. know? You're taking, you're taking ground that has been canopied for hundreds of years under trees no doubt. that don't get nutrition. Yeah, and like just leached and just completely leached all of the nutrients right. out, yeah. you know? you know tree ground and, and and forest ground is the toughest there is to go in there and really be able to reclaim and, and turn it back into pasture or right. or food plots you know and make it nutritionally sound because 
you know, you, you touched on it a while ago, but a lot of guys think you go out there and just, you know, you take a bag of fertilizer and you throw it on the ground and stuff's going to miraculously grow great. Right. The thing about it is a, a plant can only absorb so much fertilizer depending on the soil. Right. You know, so you got the, you, the soil quality and getting that soil healthy and getting the pH right is as important as anything before you ever even plant the first seed. Yes. You know, when you when you do that, then you're then you're able to, you know, you're able to utilize what's there in the soil and then also utilize what you're putting out on top of the soil. Right. You know, and a lot of guys miss that and, and we, we we really dig deep into that kind of stuff because that that in itself is where a lot of guys they they fail when they're establishing new food plots and stuff like that. And we never go into it like, hey, we know everything there is because we're learning every day right, when we're out trying. there too. By you trial, know? It's trial you, you literally yeah. learn every single day that you're involved in something, no right. matter what it is. Right. But we, we want to, you know, with the, with the Raven project, I mean, we're, we're showcasing what we already have learned. Plus you're getting to see the failures along the way. Sure. And I think that's what, you know, um, is really cool about the Raven project. I've watched every episode and, and I, I like it that you guys even, you know, um, went through when you guys started head, you know, hedge cutting and, mm-hmm. and things like that. You know, a lot of people don't realize that that management type mindset, it takes that kind of stuff to get those deer to got to have a place for them to eat, got to have a place for them to bed, got to yep. have a place for them to water, you know, and, and a lot of people overlook that or, or they just don't know. Uh, and a lot of it is, you know, I remember when, when we first hedge cut, I, I was, I was kind of like mind blown. I'm like, why are we cutting these good trees halfway down? you know and laying them over but then when i started seeing how many deer started laying in that stuff and oh I know yeah you guys you know and i really like the way that you explain why you did it the way you did it you know i, I laid it this way because of, of you know cover but also because of movement of deer and i think a lot of people overlook that too they just go in they just oh we got a hedge cut so they just start cutting acreage and not know why don't have a method to it they're just doing it you yeah. know for cover and i guess that's okay in a certain spot but man, a travel corridor is just as important, and that's oh, yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, you know, and you like got to be able to let those deer move around in there. You know, I mean, a lot of guys go in there, and when they start cutting, they're just laying stuff on top of each other, and they're just creating the biggest, thickest mat of trees that they can possibly get, thinking that they're doing good. In reality, man, a deer has got to be able; they've got to be able to move in and out of that stuff. You right. know, and and that's why whenever you walk through you know, an area that we have done TSI on and, and, and different stuff like that, you can literally look and see if, if you're on the ground level, you can see how those deer, how many options they have moving in and out of there. And they, it just makes them feel that much comfortable because that way they, you know, they've got an, they've got to have an escape route. They don't right. like to be, they don't like to be trapped in. They don't like to have, you know, closed end cover they, right. they they want open-ended cover to where they can get in and out and, and around and you know with a couple of our episodes i tried to showcase that exactly you know how we do that and you know i might take a four or five acre parcel that i that i'm working on that i'm trying to make a bedding out area out of but instead of going in there and completely hinge cutting the whole thing i'll go in there and just do pockets you know i'll do pockets here and there every 15 to 20 yards and that way i can i can actually house more deer by doing that than if i was going in there and just cutting and laying the whole four or five acres down because if you did that what was gonna what's gonna happen and where a lot of guys they miss at is the only place your deer is gonna bed is on the outside edge right you know because they can't get in and out and move around 
in the interior of that to where if you go in there and you, you, you know, you kind of treat it as macro and micro, you know, you got a macro bedding area, but you go in there and make micro bedding areas within that, then they can utilize the whole thing. You can spread your deer out. And those bucks don't, you know, especially during the rut, they're not going to lay in there on top of each other. Right. They, they want to be, you know, you, you might have a four-acre uh, bedding area, and if you, you know, you kind of treat it as, as one big one, you might only house one one buck in there. Right. You know, to where if you, you go in there and, and you do it like I'm talking about, you, could, you might house three or four different bucks. Right. Yeah, and, you know, a deer likes to be able to have – they like to be able to see too, you know. So if you, yeah, hundred percent. If you just laid it all over everywhere, and they, they're probably not going to lay in the middle of that because they can't see. No, for, they want to be able to see, smell, they and see. they want to be able to to access in and out and have an escape, a good, you know, multiple escape routes. Right. So yeah, I mean, and it's like I said, it's a it's a learning, it's a work in progress, and you're always you're always learning. But you know, in the flip side, talk, you know, going back and talking about the TSI and the cutting and all that. The flip side of that is whenever you come from not having enough money out of your pocket just to to pay for a place right you know that you've got to get creative on what you're doing as far as on a on a timber property like that to to be able to get roi out of it Mm -hmm. because the thing about it is is you you're only getting so much return by your love to hunt at the end of the day you still got to pay for it right so you know that's the other thing is is what we've been trying to do and kind of our plan is on that property is to kill you know, multiple birds with one stone. I mean, not only are we making the cover better for deer and we're actually, that's our ultimate goal is to make it better for deer. But by doing so, the same practices, you know, we're going in there and we're selective. We're basically select timber harvesting is what we're doing. Right. And um, along with the hinge cutting. So the hinge cutting and the TSI and everything else is making a better stand of timber. And then we're going in there and actually select cutting the exactly the trees we're going in marking the exact trees we want cut a lot of big trees opening up the canopy making it thicker but we're also creating revenue off that timber and our next generation of trees you know they're going to shoot shoot out of the ground now you know by opening it up yeah they got to have room to grow right yeah so it's like it's almost like you're you know you're managing your timber just as much as you're managing your deer right and uh, yeah that's a that's a great concept a lot of people don't think about i think you know when it comes in you know you you see guys come in they say well i can take out this area and just clear it you know or i can select cut it whatever and they don't think about the they're thinking they're thinking of return yeah instead of hey like what you're doing i love that concept that you guys got because that's what it takes shoot even even when we pushed out you know like i was saying when we first bought that place it was a hundred percent timber it it didn't have any food plots it didn't have anything and the first thing that i wanted to do obviously you know and such an important step to the puzzle is is creating that food getting that food in there because you're only going to house as many deer as you got food for right you know and and we knew right off the bat that was one of our biggest issues we had no food you know obviously this part of the country on good mass crop years you're going to have a lot of acorns and stuff like that but you gotta you gotta be hedging yourself against that as well on the years that you don't have and even on on good heavy mass crop years like this year for example right now presently and since probably the mid part of december they've been hammering the food plots because 
at some point they're going to run out of acorns. They're going to sour. They're right. going to start sprouting depending on how much moisture you have. And and at that point, man, you got to have something. Or they're going or, to it. Yes. Yeah. Or they're going to your neighbors or yep. they're dying. Yep. You know, last year, for example, we didn't have any mass crop. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, army worms have been an issue and we didn't have as many food plots and, and as much nutrition in the ground as what we needed. And we lost a lot of deer and right. you'll, and you'll do that on a lot of years. Especially so rough winter deer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we had that big snow last year yeah, late and, and it was hard on them, man. Yeah. And you really saw that this year. A very interesting thing that I saw for the first time was, you know, I had a lot of deer that I had history with that I knew exactly what deer was what. And I saw what that lack of nutrition and that winter done to them last year, because the majority of them either stayed the same when they should have made good jumps or they actually slid backwards. Yep, so, back. yeah. yeah. And that, and that, that's a hundred percent correlation to stress. Yeah. You know, so stress of not having enough food, not, not being able to, yeah, enough cover. A lot of that is, is like I said, I think it's overlooked a lot of times. People don't realize that, you know, yep. until you really start getting in there and managing it. And I love the way you guys are showing that and displaying that with that, with the, the Raven project. Um, now, you guys killed some pretty good deer out there this year, didn't you? We did, yeah. We had a good year out there. We're, we still uh, we missed you know missed out on a couple that, that we were really chasing, but I shot in gun season, finally caught up with a deer that I called the Kansas 8, and I called him the Kansas 8 just because we've got a small plot in the bottom that when we first started developing that place, it had a ton of cedar trees around it, and the first time I walked in there, I was like, man, this looks just like Kansas. Yeah. So yeah. we called that plot Kansas, and that deer lived right around there. For the last two years, last year we passed him. Um, wasn't sure. Could have been. Could have been four. More likely three. Not a hundred percent sure because we just got the property, right. so we had, yeah. we didn't have any history. But definitely knew that you know one more year he'd he'd be something pretty special. And I kind of had my sights set on that deer this year and hunted him hard in bow season. Got so dang close to him a couple different times of getting him killed and just one thing or another didn't get it done. And then finally, I guess it was about. Well, it had been the Friday of gun season, so it had been you know seven days in yeah. or something. It's good good ways into gun season. Um, he had he'd been MIA man. He'd been on a doe and been kind of sporadic. Been been way on the other end of the farm. And I just I had a hunch that morning. I I, I just I woke up and I it was a good morning, twenty five degrees or so, frosty morning, and hadn't seen the deer all season, all rifle season. You know, and I'd hunted him, and I just got up and I I just had a hunch. I was like, you know. It, at sooner or later, that deer is going to get off of a doe. Right. And when he does, he's going to go back home, you yeah, know. Yeah. And sure enough, I, 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 that morning I got up in the tree and good three-year-old walked out and he was right behind him. You know, he'd, he'd got off, got off of his doe and back into kind of that, that feeding pattern, you know. And, back home. Yep. He come back home and that was, that was his fatal mistake. <laughs> but yeah, man, it was, it was good. Cody shot a really good deer in bow season. Um, I'd hunted that deer yeah. quite a bit too. And that little sucker, man, he slipped in there. <laughs> I tell you what, he, everybody needs a little brother, you know, especially like Cody. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yeah. 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 He, he thinks he's overworked and underpaid and <laughs> somehow, some way every year he, he Ends snakes up. his way in there and, and, and shoots the biggest deer on the farm. <laughs> I remember, uh, that last episode, he said something about, you know, he's, he's, put into food plots he's you know had an uh, army worm you know, oh yeah he, he's been a part of everything yeah yeah hanging tree stands and oh it cracked me up i was like oh man because i know how you are about tree stands oh I, yeah I, yeah oh I i'm anal about everything there is on that farm <laughs> whether it's tree stands trail cameras food plots i mean 
<laughs> everybody gives me a hard time because I'm about the most anal person there is, but I, I could be a just a touch OCD and a touch perfectionist. <laughs> well, you know, and honestly, you have to be kind of, you know. Yeah, I mean, you really do, man. You, you want to be. You know, you want to overlook it because – it can get out of hand. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. And the thing about it is, man, is if you're not if you're not taking it, you know, that serious, you're not going to end up with the with the end result being what it is, right? You know, right. and a man, a farm like that, man, is a ton of work, and you know, it's just it, it, there's something every day to do out there. And if and I I'm so I'm so anal, like I said about that stuff. But at the end of the day, whenever I look back in five or six years and look at what it's become. You're going to be able to see why yes. I was so anal and, yeah. and why I worked so hard yeah. to, to develop it. Right. Some people call it anal. I say it's just passionate. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is. You know? pa- it is passionate. It's what you, it's what you wanted what your I whole love, life. And, yeah. It's what, you know, it's what you wanted your whole life. And now that you got the opportunity, you're going to take and the cra- And the crazy thing is, is as much as I love hunting and as much as I love shooting deer, honestly, the developing of a, of a property like that and, and just kind of seeing all that work and, and all the planning and, and yeah. everything come to fruition full circle, that in itself to me is more rewarding and more exciting than pulling the trigger on oh, deer. Yeah, absolutely. I know, you know, uh, we're supposed to have Josh here. I wish he'd have been here because he could tell you, man, that is one of my things. Like I'll go through the farm, you know, we'll be checking cameras and, and, after food plots, you know, and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, that, you know, that spring and we'll get them in there. And, and I'm more excited about looking at how the crops are growing. Cause you know, that's just oh, my thing. hundred percent. That's one of my things. hundred percent. And they're all like, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, Josh said it one time, he was like, man, you, your passion is, is to, you know, help get hard, you know, hard, you know, get in there and get that stuff in the ground. And I said, that's what I like, you know, growing up farming and stuff. That's, that's why I like it so much to me, you know, and it, it it's rewarding, but to me, it's more or just as rewarding as killing a big buck. Oh yeah, know, and because you can you can see, you know, talking about crops and food plots and stuff like that, you, you're able to see all your work and your effort in real time. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you go out there and you see that stuff growing, and you come back the next week and it looks even better. Right. You know, it, it fires you up, man, because you know what went into it. Yes. And and it's and it, it's all because of your effort. Right. It's a hundred percent. It's a hundred percent from your efforts yeah it's all the work that you did and then you know like this time of year you go out there and it's just like they're mowing it down and you're like man if it wasn't for this yeah really i mean you know if it wasn't for those food plots you guys are putting in and we put in things like that people put in these deer would be just scattered everywhere looking for something no you know? doubt because back in the day and, and on your farm i'm sure too you know years ago not not many years ago right before you started putting the food plots in there those deer had to move to find food uh, absolutely 100 percent. and that's and that's you know that's a huge part of when you go in and look at a place to develop you know the ultimate goal is to house as many deer as you can on your own property you know because at the end of the day that that just helps out and not only the hunting quality but from a management perspective the more you can control those deer and you're never going to control them 100 percent. let's face it you know i mean they're they're always you're always going to have bucks that during the rut are going to move off you're going to have new bucks move in but you still got to have that goal to create a property to where you can house them for as many and as as the majority of the year as you possibly can because the the more you can control them the less that you have to worry about the neighbor shooting you know the up-and-comer or you know our deer getting poached out by the road or whatever it might be you know there's a lot there's there's a hundred different scenarios that we could run through right but that's the cool thing and that that 
I'm so excited about this project is just being from here, you know, coming out of the edge of the Ozarks here in Southeast Missouri, just like you and I have, have grown up hunting our whole life. I'm the most excited just to be able to show people what we're doing, right. but also what what we're able to do in this part of the yeah. country. Because yeah. I honestly, and I, and I say that lightly, um, you know, but the ability is here. Oh yeah. You're never going to be a Southern Iowa or a Southern sure. Illinois. I mean, you're relevant to the area that you're in, but the ability to make it pretty freaking good is here. Oh yeah. And I'm excited to show people what we're doing and why we're doing it. And, and just really turn that, turn that rock over and let them know that, Hey man, shit, I could be doing this on my own property. Right. That's the thing is I, I and I think that's what I, I find so uh, interesting in the Raven project is that you guys are breaking that down that anybody could do this. hundred percent, man. Like, you know, people, and I'm not saying this boastfully, but in this part of the country, you know, if you shoot a pretty nice deer consistently every year, number one, somebody's either saying, well, you're shooting it over corn, right. you're shooting it right. with a spotlight yeah. or, or something, you know, there's something, there's gotta be something to right. it. Yeah. What you know, you, you're not using a regular method. Exactly. Using- and I'm not saying this boastfully, but man, we kill good deer every single year. Yes. And the reason we do that is because of what we're showing you. That's right. In the Raven project. Yeah. And, I, and I'm saying that hoping people take notes right and and like i said i'm not going at it like saying hey uh yeah i mean you need to follow exactly what we're doing because we're the king of big deer right you know it's going to be different on every farm exactly i'm not saying that but i'm just saying keep your you know keep your eyes open to it because you can do it too oh yeah yeah absolutely it's not rocket science it just takes a lot of hard work and and, that's it you know just an open mind to some of this stuff that we're doing um and seeing how it works right right yeah i mean there's people that you know, I got a cousin, man, he'll wear, you know, and, and, and he used to always kind of give me crap, you know, oh, that, you know, that shit, that scent lock, blah, 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 you know, and I said, okay, I said, I know that you've come down and you've shot good deer with your rifle wearing a bib, you know, bib overalls and a, and smoking a cigarette. I get it. People get lucky. It happens. Yeah. But the majority of the time, the, the, the statistics, the numbers are going to go way down when you start carrying a bow. Oh, yeah. You know, and... and you don't consistently get lucky. That's what exactly. I tell people. You don't consistently get lucky, and that's the thing you got to that you got to keep in your mind like yeah you you can you know if you don't and that's and hey if you want to hunt like that oh yeah shoot I'm, go I for don't it tell him not to. yeah go yeah. for it i mean that's it's whatever a, a, a guy wants to do but i'm saying if you're if you have the mindset of hey i want to consistently kill a good deer and 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 you want to put the effort in you know it's the ability is there right and another thing that i see you guys doing and i you know we've been trying to do for a few years you know well, several years out there i guess and I, I hear you guys talk about it, and I, I heard Cody one time say, uh, well, when he shot that big buck with his bow, that last big bucket with his bow there, he said, you know, my brother's pretty anal about management. Management, man, plays just as big of a role. It's hard sometimes, though, to let a 120-inch eight-pointer oh, go around here. Especially, yeah. Three this, and a half years old. In this but, part of the country, I mean, you know, a lot of times you, you can hunt several days and not see a deer like yeah. that in this part of the country. And honestly, man, like, I don't ever – I don't ever want to harp on people. Hey, you got to pass, you know, you got to pass this deer. There's got to be a certain size or whatever. I'm just saying that's, that's my, my goals. Right. You know, personally, I mean, everybody's got their own, their own goals and their own, their own way that they hunt and their own way that they want to manage and everything else, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah, you and, know, it just it's just a matter of what you what you want out of it, right? You know, and for me, that's that's just that's kind of how I'm wired, right? Yeah, and and you know, it's like whenever I was out in Kansas this year, you know, this young boy came up to the door there and my uncle's place, and and he said, I, "I've shot a buck," and and uh, and my uncle had seen it come through, you know, and he's like, "Yeah," he's like, "It was a." Um, I think it was a 10 pointer or whatever. And the boy's like, yeah, yeah. You know, those boys from Alabama hunting on some public ground across yeah. the river there, you know, and this deer, when I first got there, the first day, my uncle's like, do not shoot this deer. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's big. He's going to fool you. You know, he's 145, 100, 150 inch deer, but he's only two years old. Yeah. He's like, he's going to be the next big, big Giant, deer. Yeah. And this boy, that deer, a doe took him across the river or whatever the deal was pressure. Maybe, I don't know, but something Got him over, and that boy was jacked. Oh, it's probably the biggest deer he's ever oh, shot in his life. Says the biggest deer he's ever seen. Yeah, you, you know, being from the south, you know, and, and you got it. You got to res- you got to respect that. You right. know what I mean? Because as long at the end of the day, man, like I tell everybody, as long as it makes you happy, that's it. And you're legitimately happy. Shoot, go for it, man. When he that's left, why, that's why we're all out there. That's right. When he left, you know, my uncle was like, you know, uh, you know, he was like, man, that buck. You know, that's the buck we wanted to. You know, we wanted to let grow, but then. He, in the same note, same sentence, same breath, he said, but, man, you see the happiness in that kid's face? Oh, yeah. You know, and the boy lost, finally drew a Kansas tag, you know. Yeah, and so. then we've lost some of that, too. You know, I mean, you can get you can get so extreme that you take all of the fun out of it. Right. And that's not a good place to be in either. Hell no. No, you, you don't want to be mad at somebody for shooting you a gotta have, you gotta find that. You got to find that balance and that happy medium, man. And it's hard, though, when you're trying to manage a place. It, it is. You it, see a deer come in, and you're like, dang, man, that was that two-and-a-half-year-old that we wanted to grow. But this guy... It's tickled pink because hell, he just shot the biggest damn deer of his life. No doubt, and know? everybody's got their own goals. I mean, you know, some some guys, if they don't want to manage for for age structure and 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 stuff like that on their deer, you know, some guys want to want to manage for hey, let's see how many deer we can get on this right. property. And there right. ain't, hey, if that's what you're into, that's what you're into, man. <laughs> yeah, you know. Oh, I've I've heard people say, you know, oh, we don't shoot does, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, well, damn, you know, more more miles you have to feed, the less right, less, you know, yeah. And if, unfortunately, those big does they run other deer off. Oh yeah, we could do bucks. a whole podcast around around doe management <laughs> and, and and stuff like that. I oh, mean, that's yeah. a whole that's a whole podcast oh, in man, itself. It is, yes. So, <clears throat> you guys, you guys kick this off. I mean. You guys are you are you you know here we go into the winter time. Are you going to keep it going? I yeah. Mean, so the first the first season we done ten uh, full length episodes, and we started them. I think around it we launched around in July. So you know it was about a half about six month project, and we we crammed ten in on that. This year we're going to do a fifty two week series, and we're going to bump it up. Probably do twelve or thirteen full length episodes, and then we'll have fifteen or sixteen short episodes and and a lot of those will be educational pieces and yeah. different stuff like that just but we'll have a lot more content this year cranking out than what we did the first year sure but um you know we launched that on on waypoint tv and it's you know waypoint's a free app all you got to yeah. do is go on download it and uh you can consume all the all the content right there off your phone or computer or whatever so yeah. it's a pretty cool pretty cool deal really because you know as much as we love tv and the outdoor channel and stuff like that this is a way that you really don't have to have any subscription, paid subscription to anything. You know, right. you just go in there and, and like I said, watch it. And there's a lot of other, you know, there's a ton of other good hunting shows on there as well. Yeah. So, and then we're also we're also airing on Realtree three sixty five, their app as well. So, uh, and then we've got our YouTube 
channel too and our youtube channel we're going to start putting a lot of exclusive stuff up on it too nice just little bits and pieces just to just to grow and give you know give the subscribers to that just some you know some fresh content so that's awesome man so uh Headhunters, how how did how did that go filming that this year? It was good, man. It was like I said, it we we were just just about pretty much wrapped up with this season. The new season is crazy, but we'll be airing the twelfth season, I guess it is wow. in July. So it seem like that. Yeah, and it long. flies. I it it's crazy when you sit back and think about it. It seems like we just started it, yeah. you know, last year or yeah. whatever. Here we are twelve years later. But yeah, it's going it's going great, man. Um you know, we we've always had a, a great partnership with the outdoor channel. We've got really good air times on there and yeah. they've been you know a big help on that side of things giving us a great platform to to air our our show off of but it's 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 good man we're uh we're pumped up we're already gearing up and and looking forward to filming season 13 yeah i tell you what it won't be long you know you think about it i mean no anymore i before mean it, just it seems like before you know it it's going to be you're going to be heading out west trying to yeah you roll like over that. it seems like you roll over in your sleep at night and you wake up and it's fall already yeah you yeah. know so I know, you know, of course, on, on your own place, that you can't hardly beat hunting on your own place, but especially killing a deer that you've been after. Right. But other than that, where would you say was your, your, I don't know, I don't want to say your best hunt, but one of your most, mem- you know, memorable hunts this Man, year? honestly, the last couple of years I've, I've hunted, uh, started hunting a new place in southwest Kansas, and it is, uh, I can't even explain, you know, how phenomenal this place is, and yeah. it goes back to, the same, you know, for the, some of the same reasons that we were talking about on the Raven, you know, these guys, it, it is with, it is with, um, you know, some guys that sell some hunts out there, yeah. but they're not a huge big time outfitter. I mean, these guys, they literally, their whole goal is the management side of mm-hmm. it. You know, they're, they're all about quality and less about quantity. That's awesome. Um, and it's hard to find places like that, yeah. you know, and me and a buddy from Tennessee has been going out there the last couple of years. And, and like I said, that place is just, it's, it's crazy good, man. I, I'm, I'm already looking forward to getting in for my Kansas tag this year Heck to go yeah. back out there. I mean, the last two years, I, I, I've been super fortunate that I shot a mainframe eight-pointer the first year out there that was 171, and then I shot a big mainframe nine this year that I was after. It was like 166. So, oh, shit. And, and, I mean, in very, very few days of, of hunting, you know, so I just – crazy fortunate but yeah that's definitely that's definitely a hunt that that i look forward to every year but there's a lot of them man we sure we're so dang lucky and blessed to be able to go all over the country hunting i love you know usually we start out west in the fall hunt like the powder river out there in montana and that's a fun hunt too because you you get to you get to scout those deer and and kind of you know pattern them and and really be able to kind of use everything that going in before that hunt you use it to your advantage you go in and hang a stand and and hunt them and and you know it's just a very target rich environment just a fun dang hunt yeah i see a lot of times you guys are uh you're spot you're you're spotting them up high and then yeah that's that's exactly right you know you get on them river bottoms out there and out there you know any anytime you have irrigated alfalfa you're going to have deer on those river bottoms you know they live in the river and then you know you got irrigated alfalfa fields sandwiched up right right up to the river you know you got the river you got a band of cottonwoods and then you got the the alfalfa fields and on the opposite side of the alfalfa field bottoms you got big you know almost small mountains you know big big tall steep hills that kind of you know 
shadow the the river bottom and man you can get up there in the mornings and watch those deer come off the field and a lot of times what we found out over the years is when you find a buck coming in and out and you see him go back on a particular trail to a particular bedding area a lot of times that evening he'll get up out of his bed and he'll come back down that same trail that's awesome so it's just a matter of you know not running in there before it's right you know whether you know get the wind right and and kind of go into hopefully shooting the first evening that you're in there yeah you get know? him on that pattern exactly that first time. without bumping him before yeah. you get him shot well, that's awesome yeah it's it's cool out there but like i said man we we get we get a chance to hunt you know a lot of really really cool places no different than what we were talking about about the mexico stuff sure that's a whole different experience in itself right so much different than out you know hunting out in montana but still equally as cool in a in a right. different you know perspective so yeah. it's a it, it's it's a cool it's a cool way to make a living there ain't no doubt about that man i think that it's pretty you know um pretty neat how hunting you know i mean it, it's something that was is how we survived you know for years the human you know human race and and then you know we get to a place like us growing up here and we hunted here our whole lives and then i just think it's so cool to venture out and go to different places oh yeah and, and you know and see that country and like you being out west i'm sure that there's there's some time in your in your mind you're like you know, man, there's somebody used to sit on a horse. Oh, guarantee. And look down this valley and, and you know, see buffalo or elk yeah. or, or deer or whatever. And they, you know, yeah. they were kind of doing the same thing you were doing. 100%, just in know? a whole different way with a lot less <laughs> equipped, I <laughs> right, guess you said. Right. They were a lot less equipped. I think that's what, you know, for me, I think that's one of the coolest things about hunting is looking at the tradition of it, you know, other than just. Oh, man, no doubt about it. And that's the cool thing, you know, about what we do is I tell everybody, you know, if it. If, if there was no cameras, if there was no TV show, if there was nothing, I can promise you I would be doing the exact same thing I'm doing on camera without a camera. Right. Because that's who I am. I mean, that's how. That's what I grew up doing. That's what I love. I mean, that's that's me at right. the end of the day. Absolutely. That's what you, yeah. I, and I, you know, I think that that's, you know, just thinking about our family, you know, a lot of us hunt, you know. Oh, yeah. And that's something that, that. I don't care if you if you grew up in St. Louis and if you you know whatever it is. I mean, I've got cousins that grew up there and they still love to hunt. You know, so I think that hunting has become for us. It's always been yeah. So we don't see this as much in our family or you know our friends, but it has become something that has brought people into you know groups or or a, a you know oh a hundred people man. you know friendships and things like that because they get. Well, Cody, you know, Cody Frederick, our, mm -hmm. our buddy, you know, never hardly hunted before, you know, and Josh invited him out. And now this guy's hooked, you know, oh, yeah. I mean, now, and you I know, so I think a lot of times, man, it's, it's as much about the atmosphere you yeah. create as it is the hunting. Right. You know, cause if you really think about it, I mean, yeah, going out and sitting in 20 degree weather on a deer stand, it's fun and all, <laughs> but, but it's, but it's funner to come back to, to a celebration at camp yes. with a campfire. That's right. You know what I mean? And I think, I think whenever you you introduce people as I think it's very important to create that atmosphere so they get the right mindset because it, it's, it's a, it's, it's all about everything. Right. It's not just about killing right. an animal. There's so much more than, that goes into it. And I think if you, if you open their eyes to what it really is, you know, as a whole, right. then I think they get the right mindset. And, and I think that it's easy to addict them to that, oh, yeah. you know, to that, to that the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. They, they get, yeah, I mean it's a camaraderie. It's a it's a you know I mean, it sounds kind of cliche because it's what 
other, you know, there's, but it's a brotherhood type deal, you know, and, and that's what, you know, like Lee and I, we've always talked about getting veterans into hunting because of that brotherhood. Cause they've, they've left brotherhood mm-hmm. from the military coming in, you know, and, and it has worked. We've gotten, you know, we've, we've actually talked to guys that come in and started hunting. And, uh, but that is something that I think is, it, it is just important sitting around a campfire. You know, there's been years that we didn't kill a thing, but the memories are still there because you're still there at camp. You're, oh, you're doing yeah. all the stuff. You know, the summer's working together. You know, getting those food plots in. Oh, it's I hot see. as hell. You're still out there sweating your ass off. But but all that comes in when one person kills a buck or, or kills a deer that they're happy with. I don't care if it's a doe, man. Just like you guys, we celebrate. That, oh, 100%, you know? man. I say it all the time. It, I mean, at the end of the day... I don't, you know, it, Hey, if you want to hunt by yourself, you want to go out and, you know, do your own thing, hunt, hunt solo, hunt by yourself, whatever, more power to you. But for me, I'm not about that life. Like that's what makes it for me is having good buddies, having family and just having that atmosphere, man, because that, that, that to me takes it to a completely different level than what I would get hunting by myself. Right. Yeah, there's there's something in that man. Because when I first came home, I hunted by myself uh, and with my dad some. I mean, he only gun hunted, but where we was hunting, I would bow hunt it. And I'm telling you, man, I miss that being out at the farm. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're saying, it was just. I mean, I killed deer, but you know, and, and yeah, it's just not the same. It's not the same. The Mm-mm. the the atmosphere, the camaraderie, the the you know, it, it's just not the same. So yeah. I think that if if you don't hunt, if you're a listener out there that don't hunt, find you somebody out there that does hunt. Because I'm telling you, man, it's something that'll change your life. And, man, it's so peaceful. It's just, you know, even with the stress of working, you know, setting over those food plots that we sweat our ass off, worked on tractors breaking down, equipment breaking down. I know you had this happen to you a lot this year. Oh, yeah. And and all all the stress and all the crap that you go through. And then you get up there and you climb in a tree and you're sitting over a, a green clover field. Oh, yeah. It just unwinds you. Man, it's, there's nothing like it, man. I think it's just, I look back, you know, and I, I think about, you know, farmers nowadays probably don't do this because they're just so busy because they're planting thousands of acres. But I can think of like an old farmer that used to live on that farm. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he planted corn and stuff for his family and just to make a little money. And that's probably how he felt was oh, when yeah. he got done, you know, all that hard work and that sweat and this is what it did. Yep, see you it come to fruition. Yeah. And I think that's what's co- so cool about hunting, you know, is that, that you get that that mindset eventually. Even if you're new to it, eventually you're going to get that. Oh, yeah. No doubt know. about it. So are you uh, are you planning on doing any trapping this year? I am, yeah. I'm actually gearing up right now. I ordered some stuff today that I needed. Uh, we're going to go at it pretty hard starting the end of next week. Nice. Yeah, we're going to film some of that for the Raven Project, too, and that's kind of a part of our, you know, our land management out there and, and what we do every year. So it's going to be pretty cool to be able to do it. I've never trapped on my own ground like that before. It's always yeah. been helping other people right. out, you know, on their on their property and, and their management program. So it's going to be able to be pretty cool to be able to do that on our own property. I think that's awesome, man. I think that, you know, um, I think it's something that needs to be done, you know, on a lot of places and, oh 100 percent. you know yep. a lot of predators are taking over areas you know well, stuff, people so. don't people don't trap and people don't coon hunt and stuff like that like they used to you right. know and it's it's uh it's easy to overlook but man those the the, the coon population and what they've done and, and doing to you know our turkey eggs and our turkey yeah. population it even those i mean we we concentrate a lot on coyotes and bobcats and stuff like that but 
the you know the coons and the skunks and everything else are just as important yeah you know oh, yeah, so we're gonna go after we're gonna go after all them suckers next yeah. week that's awesome man that that's uh just as important to me in a management program than than what we're talking about with food plots you no know? doubt yeah so. it, it's it takes every you know you got to hit you got to hit the management from every angle that's yeah. the thing is like you can't just you can't just go into it thinking well i'm just gonna i'm just gonna worry about food plots or just going to worry about doe management or I'm just going to worry about shooting, you know, a buck at the right age or trapping or whatever it might be. It's literally, you know, it's literally hitting it from every single angle, you know, what it takes. To, to make it the very best that it can be. Yeah. So, uh, I know this time of year so you, you do a lot of shows. Has COVID stopped some of those or are you getting to go to some? Or? Yeah, it's definitely, it's actually definitely slowed it down for me. I was supposed to went to ATA last weekend and come to find out we were with, a guy in Mexico that had COVID all week. So, uh, you know, we knew we were exposed to that. So we figured it'd be best not to, not to go and and be around everybody. Yeah. Well, I've seen some other people, some other, there's a lot of people pulled, pulled out of like ATA and, and plus all the COVID stuff is affecting, you know, travel, whether it be flights or whatever it might be. And, uh, it's just making it's shoot. It's making everything, whether we're talking about today, you know, at lunch, it, it's just crazy what this crap has done to businesses and, Oh, everything yeah. you yeah. know you, somebody that i can guarantee that somebody you know probably right now has it yeah you know that's that's how common it is right now so it's affecting every everybody and everything it's a, it's a mess and you know even um like you said you know it, it's affecting so much but um well randy i appreciate you coming man um it is uh, always a pleasure to have you and man we love to hear your your story what you guys are up to Heck yeah. i wanted to get you on talk about the raven project you know i knew that was man i, I tell you I, my hats off to you guys you guys are doing awesome i love it uh i know everybody i talk to that's seen it loves it and if you have if you're listening you haven't seen it look it up and uh i'm telling you it's educational it's funny as hell man your brother and you going at it just cracks me up, <laughs> that's, man. That's every day, whether we're filming or not. So it works out pretty natural. <laughs> and I knew it would. And when you started this, I was telling Josh, I said, you realize that Cody and Randy are going to go at each other every time. Oh, and, yeah. And, and we both knew it was going to be He's that He's just way. like freaking, who is that, Polly Shore off of uh, Son in, that old movie Son-in-Law when he gets, <laughs> yeah. on that, he gets on that combine and he tries to drive it. That's him every day out there. You know, he wants to talk a big game, but. Just wilding out. Oh, yeah. I love it, man. But I appreciate you having me, man. It's been fun talking about the project. And one thing for sure, there's always something going on out there. So we should have uh, plenty to talk about the next time we get together. Heck, yeah, man. Well, we appreciate it. And uh, you take care, and uh, man. Keep killing stuff. Keep Thank killing you, buddy. Stuff. Appreciate y'all. All right, guys. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of uh, DOW Freedom Fighters podcast. Uh, check us out. Listen to us. We're going to have some other guests on here pretty soon. So me and Noah are by ourselves tonight with Randy, but <laughs> Lee will be back here next time. So we won't be all alone. Lee, uh, Lee will be back next mm-hmm. time, I guess. Noah, you get him in here. So Yeah. We appreciate you guys listening, and uh, y'all take care. Thanks.